Ciao, Bella. I am Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit. Tune into the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and click the bell to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. I offer listeners cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, psychic, intuitive, or card readings, or learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading. Learn more at nevertoolate.biz. May good fortune and magic come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. Welcome, Yara. I'm so excited to talk to you today. We have a lot of ground to cover. So how are you? Oh, I'm good. The sun is out and... um... So I don't even know where to begin. I know we talked about so many topics. Why don't well, you tell us a little bit about your divine light? Well, I well, like my name is uh, Yara Atlantica Miller, and that is uh, a soul name that I was given. And I call myself the divine light activator because it seems like everyone that comes through, I am helping them step onto their path. And a divine design mapper, which is also a process where you find your soul mission and your divine path. It's a using your birth name. So it's a really amazing session that you can do with me. I am an Ascension Accelerator. I love to help empower new paradigm creators to reclaim their divine essence of self-love and sovereignty. So we can ground the 5D consciousness on earth. And when I brought in the name of Own Your Divine Light to my show, I did it because I knew I wanted to ground my own divine light into understand what self-love really was because that was sort of a new word coming out when I started doing my show I mean it wasn't it was coming around but people it wasn't being talked about as openly as we are now when I grew up self-love was conceited and not a cool thing to be you know calling yourself oh I love who I am you know oh well who do you think you are well that's all changed because we realize we're divine beings in this human suit and um, when you when you connect to the divine being of who we are, we get to know that we're not just this human being. It's it's so wonderful to love this human being, which is what we come in here to experience things, to have source experience what we're going through. I mean, we're a spark of source. That's what I understood, you know, years ago. Source, God, the universe, whatever you want to call that, and. Um, because of our experience the source wants more experiences plus our we're spark, we're part of that great soul of source and so we come down and have experiences as those divine you know essences those individual essences that become us grows and expands through the knowledge it gets through our experiences good or bad because there's never any judgment because all of it is is information and uh, a way to learn about what are the what are the what are the possibilities in this human divine being that we are. I mean, there's so many ways we we can grow in this suit. What? <laughs> yeah. 
So you talked about self-love and how do you see this as being important to people today? Well, because uh, we've given so much of our power away to all these other people around us in our world and even to, you know, all authority that when you learn to love who you are, you don't need any other power, power but yourself. You can trust yourself. That's what intuition is all about. You can trust who you are because you know you're you're the, that, that divine being that's guided by source. And so because of that, you can let go of this need to, of the outer uh, validation and the outer you know, authority telling us what's okay to do and what's not okay to do. We chose our own way of saying, yes, we feel this works for us. This is what sovereignty is. This is how I understand it. And I see that we are being challenged right now to own that, to own our divine light. As I said to my show, owning who we are as divine beings. So it all comes full circle. Like what we're in right now is this huge challenge of empowerment. Like, are you gonna give all your power away or are you choosing to decide? Like, what is your choices here? This, it's, and it's a very tough time. It's very tough because there's so much pressure on all of us. But self-love started with me so that I could love who I was. And, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years sober. Let's put it that way. I just celebrated my 30 years of sobriety. That's amazing. Yeah. And because of that, I had a lot to work through. I had a lot of shame and I had a lot. I was blaming everybody around me. So when I looked at it, I had to look at myself because as soon as I got into 12 step programs, you get to look at yourself now because once your mind clears of all that self-medication that you've been taking all these years, you clearly have to own what you've done. And you've also have to own who you are, good and bad, warts and all, whatever you want to call it, you yeah, know, yeah. and you look at yourself and you say, okay, um, that's all I knew at the time. I mean, you have to, we have to work on self-forgiveness as well. Because if we can't forgive ourselves, how do we have to forgive anybody? If we can't love ourselves, how do we love anybody else truly? Wow. That's a very good point. So uh, everything I started with, this is where I'm getting to that. It's so important to me to, to learn to love me because I didn't, I didn't love who I was because I was hurting. I was wounded. Like all of us are, we all come in with our wounds and I had to work through that. I had to acknowledge it, grieve it and heal it. And it's, a, and it's an ongoing process of healing. I can't say I'm completely healed because no one is ever completely healed. We're just, it's just going deeper layers. And, you know, right now we're in a huge depth, like the world is in a midlife crisis. That's what I call it. We're yeah. in a midlife crisis. Funny, funny. <laughs> because we have so much to look at. It's like, all right, are you choosing the spiritual path or are you going to use the path of authority? Are you choosing to let everyone tell you what to do now? And you have to do this, do that, 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 and that. Because if you don't, we're going to do this, this, and this. Or you look at yourself and go, well, that doesn't resonate with me. I don't even feel guided to do that. And so I'm choosing not to. And it's not an easy stance, whichever way you choose. I mean, because there's doubt in all ways. Because we don't really know the total truth of what's going on around us, but we feel guided by our own inner intuition and our own inner power, our own self-love. We're trusting ourselves enough to say, okay, this is the way I'm going to go now. This is what I'm going to do in my life. And this is, this is, the, this is really forcing us to take a stand of who are we? This is what I see happening in the world right now. And this is where everything I've been doing has almost led up to. 
and for anyone that I've worked with, we've all been guided to, you know, decide who are we? Everything we've done, we, you know, we have to learn to, well, we don't have to, you can choose to accept what you've done, understand that this is part of our growth. It's not bad or good. It's just part of our growth and it's part of our learning experience. Still ongoing. I mean, there's so much fluctuation going on right now. I know for me, I'm feeling more and more grounded every day and more trusting in my own choices. Mm. And that feels good. Because yeah, I bet it does. Yeah. Hard thing because not it's not always the most popular opinion going on around me. So it takes a lot to stand in your own self-love, to stand in your own empowerment. You just have to say to yourself that I'm at peace with who I am. I am in love with who I am. I mean, I know way back when I first started my spiritual work in the 2000, I said, falling in love with yourself. I mean, that's how I started. And then own your divine light kind of morphed from that. So it's kind of, it's wonderful because I think that it's allowed me to like me and then everyone around me that's guided to work with me has been driven to that. That's what they want in their life. This is what's guided them to find who they are. Love is all there is really. I mean, you know. Yep, the Beatles. Yep. And they were so true and so many things that they sang about that we were just hearing it, but now we're living it. Now we're literally embodying those things and saying, yeah, this is the way I choose to be. And it's a mm. choice. It's always a yeah. choice. You yeah. don't have to do anything. This world is always here for choosing. Everything is a choice. And I, and it took a long time to even realize I had choices. Yeah. Okay, good. So tell <laughs> me, you mentioned at the very beginning, divine mapping. Is that what you called it? Divine design mapping. Divine, and tell me what that is. It's taking your birth name because your birth name is a frequency. So when you are on the other side coming in to your parents, you send them like an energy to uh, let them know that this is the work that you choose to do in this lifetime. We're, we're divine beings, so we're always eternal. Right. We are souls that are eternal. Yeah. We, we don't die. We just morph into a different essence and state of being you send that frequency to your parents and they bring through a name that they feel guided is going to help you bring through the work that you're meant to learn about or to do in this world. So then you come in and we have this star of David. It's basically Kabbalah, but it's a very ancient, ancient technique where you, the bottom half of the triangle is your zero to 35 years. And so you start with your physical challenges which once you can get to a point of understanding what your challenges are in this life or accepting them and working through them, then you get your divine, your talents come out. And through those talents, then you can start to achieve the goals that you've set in this life. So that's your physical world, zero to 35 years old. Then the upper triangle is your spiritual world. So that's what I call the midlife crisis kind of period. That's why the world is in a midlife crisis because it's a spiritual situation we're in right now. More than anything else, it's spiritual. So the upper is anywhere from 35 on. You start looking at your life. So you have now you have your spiritual challenges, which is, do I like where I am in my life? Is this where I've wanted my life to go? Is this is who I've wanted to be? The physical world is to just make your way in the world and to establish yourself, have some money, have some comfort. Then the upper, upper triangle is all about your spiritual world. What challenges? Well, who am I? Like, what do I choose to believe? Is there a source? Is, and then you get into your spiritual gifts there and also your spiritual goals. And all of those together bring through your, your soul destiny. 
and your soul destiny is your ultimate purpose in why you're here. So all of those areas we cover in the session to help you see, and it's very enlightening because we're putting words to things that you've never been able to put words to. Like we have so many gifts in our life that were natural and we look at them when we discard it, like it's not that important, but truly those are the things we're good at. And we don't think we can do anything with them, but we can. I mean, you have a podcast, you're really good at connecting with people. I love connecting with people as well. Never knew that until later years because I wasn't willing to open myself to that. Now I'm willing. You're willing. We're out there doing whenever you were guided. I got sober when I was about 39. Mm. So all that opened the doors for me. That's what this does for you, this session. It helps you see all the different ways that you've had so many experiences where you've learned from. You may not put those experiences in the light of maybe that really led me to this, which got me to where I am now. Your parents can be the most difficult people in the world that you've grown up with, but you realize that if they didn't challenge you in so many ways that in the way they did, then you probably wouldn't have gotten to this point because it pushed you out of the nest. It put like, I'm just talking about my own experience. It pushed me out of the nest. I left home at 19 and I said, that's it. I'm doing what I need to do. I can't be here anymore. I'm living my own life from now on. I'm not living anyone else's. It's my turn to live. I started to own my divine light then, but I was out there saying, okay, whatever this is, I'm going to find it on my own. I stumbled, but you know, look at where we are now. We've all been through that, those paths of those rocky roads. And the, you know, what is it called? The, the road less traveled. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. road less traveled, which, yeah. you know, it, it's so much more fun, even though it's hard as hell. It's so much more fun in the long run because when I stopped doing some spiritual work for a couple of years, I just sort of pulled back because I was so involved in energy work and clients and helping. And then I was got at that previous conversation about how I started doing spiritual traveling. I started going around with people on trips we would go yeah let's really get into that so tell me where tell me where you've been and we'll see what we have time for Mm. because i'd really love to hear about some of the spiritual travel you've done so what's the number one place that made the biggest impact for you egypt egypt so tell us a little bit about what you did there and what the experience was that made that huge impact Okay. Well, as a child, my dream was to become, was to travel the world. I mean, since I was five years old, I read about the gods and the goddesses. Wow. Totally involved. I would go run out to the bookmobile and it drove up to the school, ran out and got my books. And all of the books I got were every single, every country I could get with all gods and goddesses. And I would read them till I I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. Wow. That's that's amazing as a kid to be so interested in that. Yeah, and I had no idea. Nobody else was because everyone else was grabbing the other books. And I was so happy because I could get a stack, like about 10 books. And I would just, t- I was really a hoarder. I'd take them all <laughs> and I took them on, but I'd read every one of them. And um, so from that, I said, I have to travel the world. I want to see some of these places. So when my husband and I were living out of the country, we've traveled a lot. Egypt was always on the top of my list. Egypt was number one. So when I had the chance to go with a very small group, about eight of us led by a spiritual mentor of mine, we went for a two week trip. And I was never so excited in my life because it was everything I ever dreamed of because that was my number one place because I yeah. was always yeah. drawn to Egypt. So we yeah. got there and we went directly down to 
oh gosh, I can't remember all the names of the place that this is bad. I should have had a list, but there's oh, that's the, okay. But we went right to the south and it's the most gorgeous. I mean, there was those giant Egyptian, you know, statues carved into the mountain. It was it was incredible. I can't think of the right. It was spectacular. Walking just to, just to be there. It was like my whole soul lit up. And so we went to Edfu, which was the island of of Horus, and and Edfu was my biggest, most amazing area because I walked into the temple of Horus. Oh, Abu Simbel. Yeah, that was the first one, Abu Simbel. Yeah, yeah I looked it up. It was. And this one, the uh, temple of Edfu. I walked in and all of a sudden I saw this giant shadow just raise up and it was the whole length of the building. It was it was right to the roof. It was so big. I was like, oh my God. And I'll, wow. I could see it in my mind's eye. And I said, well, I had to question it. You know, I was in healing. I was uh, in, I had been studying spirituality at that point. And I said, well, who are you? Are you of the light? And blah, 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 asking all the questions. I am Horus and you are of the family of Horus. And brace yourself because I'm going to shake up your DNA right now. And literally, I was like somebody, like a, like I was in a milkshake, like shaking me up. Oh my and gosh! All shook up. The guy that was there, I said to him, "I need you to, I need to hold onto your arm as I walk out of this building because I could not walk." But it was incredible. So things started to shift there. I mean, I had that huge thing. Then, then we went on further. It was on the same island. We went to meditate and my friend said, let's, let's look at all of our spiritual team. Who is our spiritual team? Go into meditation, let all these people show up and you'll see who shows up. Right in the middle was my mom and dad smiling with the biggest smiles I've ever seen that I never saw in real life, <laughs> but they were smiling really big there. And I was shocked. I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. I can't believe they're there. <laughs> so yeah. Now, as I look back at it, I understand that they were huge guides in my life. They were here to shake me up, just like the DNA shakeup, and yeah. um, to really push me out of the nest. They had to push me out, and they pushed me out hard. I got, I mean, I, I left because they probably wouldn't have let me leave, but I just left on my own uh, when they were not around. <laughs> One day, I just said, that's it, we're done. Oh, and then, wow. It was, it was a tipping point. It came to a tipping point. Sure. I just, I saw so many different beings and it was just amazing. That to me was such a huge revelation. And Egypt, I know that I was told in healing school, like I went to healing school in 2000 to 2003, my teacher, I would take extra sessions with her. And she said, well, you were from one of the early, early Egyptian dynasties. You were one of the, you were like the second wife of the Pharaoh kind of thing, you know? And I said, oh, okay, interesting. The second wife wasn't getting enough attention. So she wasn't the best person in the whole world. She kind of, you know, played around, got in trouble. And I had an experience in my own self here where I was poisoned because I, he found out that I was, you know, not being loyal to him. Back then? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So in this life though, I was also felt the poisoning. It came back. I relived the poisoning. Oh, you relived it. Oh my gosh. Did you let that go? Yes. Yes. I think it was part of my karmic path. I had to let go of, but I had to feel it again. Mm. I had to go through it again. Yeah. I can yeah. understand that. So where else have you been besides Egypt? That's pretty miraculous, but where else have you been? That was, you said you well, went to Angkor Wat, right? I did. Well, before that, I went to Jerusalem and I went to uh, uh, Jordan and I went. Oh, did you I, go to Ephesus? Is Ephesus in Jordan? No, Ephesus is in Greece. Petra. 
Petra. Oh, Petra. Yes, I did go to Petra. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Petra so was Pet in Petra was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yes. I it was a dream. It was a dream. I literally liked Jordan better than Jerusalem. <laughs> because well, tell me what you liked. What was because I want before we close, I want to talk about Jordan and Petra. And then I want to talk about Anchor Watt. So yeah. what so what Jordan, happened for you? Well, when I went to Jordan, I felt really at home there. Nice. And I, I, I had, I had to, I had to ride a camel. I rode a camel and I felt so happy on a camel. I absolutely felt at home on a camel. Wow. Just this whole built, this whole area. I mean, I remember seeing someone took a picture of me and there was a big blue ball, uh, an, an essence around right next to me. And it was amazing because it was really bright blue. In and the photo. I, in the photo. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Yes. And so I just knew it felt good. And then I came home and I went to an event in Colorado and had this woman help me do a past life. And then we went to Jordan and I found right. out that right. I grew up in Jordan and that my father and I were tribal leaders and that he said he, I was leading a group of people and he was leading a group and he said, well, I'll allow you through if you join with us. But of course I had a big ego and I said, no. And so he said, well, I will slay you and you will die in the desert. And that's exactly what we had happen. I died in the desert. Wow. And my mother at the time was my wife. And when we came back into this life, I realized that my mother still held that against me, that I, you know, made her perish in the desert. So we kind of relived a karmic path together. Isn't that incredible to yes. find out yes. this kind of connection? Quite amazing. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to Anchor Wat, well, that was an interesting experience. I mean, it wasn't quite as profound, but I loved being there, but I did get lost. Um, oh, no. A, yeah, I was with a group. And all of a sudden, I look and someone, it was like, there's all these different rocks and paths you can be climbing around. And I looked and everyone was gone, including my husband, who kept looking for me. But at this point, he was gone. And he, he said, I don't know where you went. And so there I was with nobody I knew around me. And this place was absolutely huge. And I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to find my way out? Well, I, got, I walked to the path and there was four or five other women there that said, oh no, the bus is going to come by here. And I'm thinking, I don't feel that here. So I said, you know what? I'm going to walk the other way. Well, all of them said, no, we're not moving. And I said, okay. So I started walking the other way and thank God I did because down the road and then to the down another road, I could see our group and our bus parked off uh. of a different road. And so I ran down to them and I said, hey, and my husband's sitting there having an ice cream. I'm like, thanks for looking for me. <laughs> and um, really? he's like, well, I didn't know where to go. And I, and I understood that. He, but I said to them, look, there's about five other women waiting on the other road. And they said, we weren't going to go back that road. I said, well, I know I was guided to come down this road. And that's how I found you. And I sent the bus to those women and they said, oh, well, the bus came by. I says, you know why? Because I sent it to you. And they were like, oh. And we also did a meditation in there. We had uh, a beautiful, we were sitting in this temple where we did an initiation. It was, it was very powerful. I can't remember all the details because, you know, there was so much that kept happening. Oh, sure. We had an initiation and then we went through this certain uh, kind of a, we were guided with our mentor at the time was a different person than Egypt. And we went through, uh, she took each of us individually and put like, an essence around us. And, and it was so powerful. I mean, I was constantly being guided to these events. Mm, so that's a Buddhist, uh, that's a Buddhist site, Anchor Wat. It says it's 
the a site that was responsible for the transition of Cambodia to Buddhism. Okay. Well, we didn't even talk about that. We just we just knew we had to be there. And uh -huh. I and just reading about it in the past, I knew I had to go. And so it was it was really beautiful. It was spectacular. I just saw a show, Ancient Aliens or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they did something on Angkor Wat that was part of another. It was one of the episodes. So and they said Angkor Wat was all laid out like a constellation, the same way all the Egyptian pyramids are oh. laid out like a constellation because the Egyptian pyramids are on Orion. They fall on the map of Orion. I don't remember. I don't remember the constellation for Angkor Wat, but I was yeah. like, oh, isn't that so interesting? Well, look how we just talked about Egypt and now Angkor Wat. They're connected and there's not always, there's never a coincidence, is there? That right. Those, before I even got into the spiritual work, I went with my husband. We lived in Brazil for a year. This was in the late 70s. And then aging myself, they called Machu Picchu a seventh wonder of the world. Remember oh, yeah. Machu so I said to my husband, we have to go to Machu Picchu. We sure. Have so we went when it was very early, you know, nobody was really going there yet, but we were living in South America and how much closer could we get? Sure. So we went there, we were going up the hill to Machu Picchu in a van, a little van. And this young little boy, he must've been sick, was running up the side of the hill. And, you know, the air's getting thinner and thinner. The little boy's just running up the hill and he'd wave. And then he'd run up to the next level and he'd wave at us. And he went right to the top with us. I couldn't wow. believe it. And it was just, there was nobody there. It was just me and my husband and probably four other people in this wow. van. Just how quiet it was then. Yeah. Just pristine, just on the hillside. It's just amazing to view it. It's not big, but it's ancient. And so when you realize it's an ancient city, this is how it was. Yeah. I mean, the, the population was small in these places. The hillside was all carved out. Like you could see how they farmed right on the hills. I mean, it was miraculous. All oh, the terraces, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was a really exciting time. And I was told I'm going to go back there. I haven't been back there again. The mentor I went with to Anchor Wat has gone there many, many, many times. Huh. And uh, I never went with her, but she did something that was very interesting, which I don't know if I could do. There was a ledge. And she had people stand on that ledge and, and it could break. I mean, it was right over yeah. the edge and there was yeah. nothing. And you had to have the trust to go out there and do that. And she did that with everyone that she took. And I hadn't been on that trip with her. I didn't know about that till she talked about it one day, but that was pretty incredible. This guy did not talk about that when we were there, but we walked around and it was just amazing just to be there in the presence of this energy. And, yeah. and it was, I was yeah. guided there. So that was way before it even started. Yeah. Now I've heard how sure. busy it is and how uh, there's huge amounts of markets down below and there was nothing like that when I was there. It was just- The only experience I've had like this, cause I haven't done a lot of travel was I did go to Italy and I went to Pompeii and not that uh -oh. that's a spiritual location but there are a lot of ghosts there. And it was in my twenties, my spiritual path started later. So I probably started when I was 26. So in this point I was, uh, I was still in college. I went so many years ago that a lot of it still wasn't dug out and everything had to be unlocked by a guide and you had to find a guide to unlock each thing. So wow. we didn't get to see that much. But what happened to me was I kept feeling like somebody was sneaking up on me or was mm -hmm. behind my back. And I was like, what is going on? I couldn't understand, but I had a feeling it was ghosts. There were a lot, a lot of ghosts there. And I wasn't 
attuned to all my spiritual gifts and yet I could sense all of the spirits that were still there. They were guided to your light so that they wanted to be released. I mean, now you, I know you're a medium. I know you have that stuff. You're a medium, right? And I so, do, I do some, I do some. Yeah. Well, you have the mediumship ability. Yeah. And so you, they knew that they probably knew that. And so they were going to you to help you send them to the light. But at the time, you know, we don't know that till we're ready no. to know it. And right. you weren't ready to know, but you I wasn't, I didn't know enough to catch that there was beings around you yeah when we went to uh anchor wat we also had got we we're in cambodia we went to the killing fields which was the khmer rouge that's where they killed all the elite the the, the educators yeah. the doctors everybody and we were clearing the energy there this was oh, a wow nice and that was powerful and we went yeah. into the museum there i mean it was really hard to look at so yara this has really been fun the it's not often I get to talk about the travel stuff with people. So thank you for sharing your adventures and some truly amazing experiences. So that was, that was really special for me. So I know you have a gift to offer the listeners. I want to give you the chance to talk about that too. Yes. Yes. I have a grounding session on my website, ownyourdivinelight.com. And they're welcome to go, you know, click in there and get it. And, and if they're ever interested in the session, the divine design mapping, they can always book a free vision call as well. So beautiful free gift today is the grounding session. So please, you know, check in there and, and I'll put the specifics into the show notes. So thanks again, Yara Atlantica. This was a beautiful conversation and thank you for sharing your light with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ronnie. And you have an amazing light too. Thank you. This is Ronnie Ann Ryan, Love and Cosmic Coach, thanking you for listening today. If you'd like cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, a psychic, intuitive, or card reading, or to learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading, please visit nevertoolate.biz. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe and share it with someone that you love. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Ronnie and Ryan hoping you make the most of the love and magic that always surrounds you.